0: Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Tim, and I'm so glad to be with you sharing God's Word together this morning. And we're in a series called Join the Journey. And I'm inviting you, and I'm inviting everyone at church to to join us in the purpose that God has for our lives as a family of God together. We all have a purpose. We have individual lives, but we also have a corporate life together, a spiritual purpose in God. And as this year unfolds, we are celebrating 40 years A faithful ministry here at the Lamb of God Fellowship. This coming fall. And so, as we kind of go through this year, especially starting out this year, I wanted to remind us of the core values that have driven us uh, these 40 years and will continue to lead and guide us in the days ahead and the years ahead as well. And so, I want to invite younger people, I want to invite everyone who's new to our, our journey to jump on board, to join our journey as we seek to, to know God and to make Him known, but also as we seek to have a bigger influence in the lives of people around us as we believe the last days are. Upon us. We want to have the greatest impact that we can have with the help and grace of God. Can I get an amen? So let's do this together. And uh, as we start this series out, we, we, we spoke last week about one of our core purposes, which is Scripture. And uh, I don't know if uh, uh, you were uh, with us last week, but um, here is a picture of a tool that I'm offering to you. It's free, but it's called My Life Journal. And it's actually a... Tool that you can use to memorize God's word, because Scripture is so important for us to get into our heart, so that it forms our lives uh, and and all of, all of our all of the fabric of our thinking and our decision making. Uh, when when the Word of God gets into our heart, into us, and it becomes who we are, it affects our day to day decisions. And the Lord's blessing is on His Word. So I'm reminded, just as a quick review. The story in Matthew 7, it's a parable that Jesus tells between the wise man and the foolish man. And his main point is both of these people heard the words of God, but the wise man put them into practice. So it's not just listening to this message today, although that's great. It's not just hearing God's word. It's not just reading God's word. It's not even just memorizing God's word. But the point of scripture is to put it into practice. And Jesus says, that's the wise one who builds his life on the rock. And even though the same storm hits his home, just like everybody else's home, he stands strong. He stands firm because he's built his life on God's word and he is putting it into practice. And so that's what we're doing with these life journals. I invite you to get one. You can come by the church and pick one up. And uh, this week's message, or I'm sorry, this week's scripture verse is James 1.25 from last week. And I've been, I've been working on that. It's our first one in the book. And it says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what they heard, listen to this, not forgetting what they heard. Sounds like the parable of the wise man, right? But putting it into practice, but puts it into practice, they will be blessed in what they do. And so, really, James 25 is a summary of Matthew's, or of. Jesus' message in Matthew to us about hearing and putting it into practice. So our first core of our, of our five that we're covering is scripture, and here's the little tagline I want you to remember. It's learning and living the truth. Not enough just to learn it, we need to live it. Just like Jesus says, we need to hear it and put it into practice. So we want to learn and live the truth of God's word, and we will be blessed. So today I want to talk about A second core value, and it is excellence. Excellence. And here's the tagline. Everything we do is an act of worship. I want to explain this to you in today's message. Why excellence is a core value of my life, of the Lamb of God Fellowship, and really of the scriptures. Because excellence isn't about impressing people. It's actually about worshiping God. Excellence is how we worship God. And so let's go through some things together. Here's a verse I'd like you to meditate and memorize this week. This is not the same verse that you'll find in your uh, journal, My Life Journal. But this is our our weekly message uh, verse of the week, okay? It's Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 to 24. It really ties this idea together that excellence is worship. Listen to this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, As working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Okay, so here's the verse that we want to think about these two verses. All right, first of all, what does it mean, whatever you do? Whatever you do, the Bible says, there is no division between the spiritual world and the secular world. I don't have a spiritual life over here, and then I go over here and have a secular life. The Bible says whatever you do, when you're at home, when you're at work, when you're in your yard, when you're at church, wherever you are at school, whatever you do, there is no division between being a Christian in one environment and in another. Everything is spiritual. Everything. There's nothing secular. Everything's spiritual. All parts of our lives are to be honoring God, everything that we do is to be worshiping God, okay? And the second thing I want to make about this point, whatever you do, is that there is no hierarchy of activity, okay? So sweeping a floor or worshiping God or singing a song to God or being a pastor or being a plumber or being a doctor or just being a student and doing your best work in your classroom, none of those things are in a hierarchy in God's eyes, There's not something that's more important than something else. Whatever you do, we're all on the same plane here. Whatever God has called us to do and whatever we're doing, we are to do it with all of our heart. Okay. second phrase is that that I want to focus on with all your heart. Reminds me of the number one commandment in the Bible that Jesus identified. He said, what is it? It's out of Deuteronomy 6, 5, to love the Lord your God And love is a a word for worship, to worship the Lord, to love the Lord your God with what? All of your heart, right? All your heart, soul, strength. Give God everything you have. And that's what this really is all about, this core value, is that we're not just going through the motions as Christians. We're not going through the motions as a church. We're not living our lives going through the motions. We're giving it everything we got because excellence is about worshiping God in all that we do. So a couple of things. Give your best, not your least, in everything that you do. Not the minimum, not the expected standard, but give your best. As a student, we shouldn't be okay with a D or a C unless that's our best. What we should be doing is not trying to measure according to someone else's standard. We should be giving it all we got. That's the Christian way of worshiping God. Right? And it's the same way that we work. It's the same way that we serve. It's the same way that we live. It's with all of our heart because our heart is the place of worship. When we give all of our heart, when we give everything we got to something, we are worshiping God and we are showing God we are honoring him by making the most of the day, the breath, the energy, the ideas that he's given to us. Okay. Thirdly, I want to look at this phrase, as working for the Lord. We're not working for men. We're not looking working for a company. We're not working for a boss, right? We are serving God. The Bible says whatever you're doing, whether you're changing a diaper, right, or you're teaching students, or you're raising your kids, or you're, or you're serving in the church, greeting people at the door, whatever you do, you're not doing it for anybody else, not the pastor, not your husband, not a boss, not for money, not for a claim, not for uh, any other reason, you're serving the Lord. You're honoring, worshiping him by doing that. So don't do it for attention. We don't do it for money. We don't do it for power. We do it as worship unto God our whole lives. And as we obey God's mandate to be stewards of his resources, and as we are being fruitful and multiplying according to his word, we are honoring God. OK, so think about that verse throughout this week and, and give, let that give you some extra motivation in whatever you're doing. OK, so excellence reflects a life of honor to God. Right. So everything we do is an act of worship. Now, what I'd like to do is that everything I base our teachings on is the word of God. So we're going to go back to the beginning in the Garden of Eden. We're going to go back to when God gave us our assignment for life, our purpose for life. I'm going to read it for you. Genesis 1, verses 26 to 28. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. So we got to remember this. We might come back to this later if we have time. We are made in the image of God. That means something. That means we are going to be reflecting on the earth in our life who God is and his nature and his attributes. We are to reflect that on the earth. So we'll keep that in mind, okay? But verse 28 says this. And God blessed them and God said to them. Now, first words God is saying to us, okay? Okay. And these are the, this is what I call the creation mandate. This is the creation command. This is our purpose in life. He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let me just point out a couple words, fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue and rule in God's Image and in God's likeness. That's our creation mandate. And I want to explain that a little bit because I think there's some people with some twisted ideas about what those words really mean. We are not consumers. We are not users. We are not manipulators. We are called to not exploit or to dominate or control. I'm going to show you in a minute the original words in Hebrew of what this mandate really is all about. So when we look at Genesis chapter two, verse 15, we get a little bit more details of God's purpose. It says this, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. And then God says two things, to work it and to take care of it. Okay, so I have on the board here, these two Hebrew words. This is he worked uh, and it's avad, that's how you pronounce that in Hebrew, avad, to work, or he worked, and to take care of, shamar, to take care of. Now, what I'd like to show you is what these original meanings are all about. So, this word here that's translated to work, avad, comes from a word with the exact same letters, but its root word is aved, aved. And this word literally means servant or uh, just be a little bit more blunt, slave. It means to be a servant or a slave. And when you turn this root word into a verb, it means to serve or to work. Okay, so here's the idea. God is saying, I have an assignment for you I have a job for you. I have a work for you. I have a responsibility for you. And it's a good thing. He puts man in the garden and he says, I want you to serve in this arena. I don't want you to like dominate, control, exploit. I want you to serve the resources I have given you. Make something of it. Be fruitful, be multiply, uh, multiply it, you know, make something of it. And so God puts us into a garden to be a servant of his purposes, to create fruitfulness and to multiply. Isn't that awesome? Why? Because we are made in the image of God. And that's what God does. God's a creator. God multiplies. He's a giver. He gives. He, he loves life. He's a creator of life. And so he wants us to create life, to multiply, to be fruitful in his image with his character qualities, which is always going to be love and, and joy and peace and, and goodness, right? And so this word work is not a curse. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's go to the next word, to take care of it. Now, this word shamar actually means a couple of different things. It means to protect To guard and to preserve. It's interesting. When you look at these words, I don't necessarily think about the culture of the American industries of work to take care of, to protect, and to preserve. I think of, uh, you know, in our fallen world, we see a lot of industries and a lot of things that are, are focused on manipulating and using and controlling, and twisting for one's personal benefit. But that's not the plan of God for our lives or for the idea of something that we call work. But our work is to be something that blesses, something that promotes and preserves, something that adds value to creation, it's very, very interesting to think about these things. And so what does excellence have to do with all this? Well, it's all tied in with, with this concept that God has called us to be his image bearers on the earth. And he puts us in a garden. He puts us in places for us to, um, to, to advance his kingdom and to promote his likeness on the earth. And it's always going to be about excellence And excellence is about worship and worship is about obedience to God. So we obey God when we serve and we preserve and we protect and we take care of and we do our very best in our assignments that God has given us. Because that's that's what excellence is. It's worship to God. And uh, I hope that blesses you. Here's a couple things I want to point out to you. Number one, work. I'm going to talk about work for a few minutes. I just think it's important to us. Work is a mandate from God enabling us to express our God-given image on the earth. Okay, so it's really related to our innate purpose on this earth. Work is very important to us. It is, it is our way to, to reflect the image of God on the earth. Number two, work is for the purpose of serving Developing, multiplying, and protecting God's resources. Not exploiting, not dominating, not controlling, but to multiply and be fruitful. And number three, I want to be very clear about this. Work is actually a blessing. It's not a curse. It it is intimately associated with human dignity. And because it is at the core of what God called us to do. He has a work for us to do. And uh, there's a quote out of a book I was reading lately, and it says, One of the worst things a society can do is to create systems that make it possible or even desirable for its citizens not to work. Uh, that's, that's kind of like a political statement right there because of the, the way that our country is uh, kind of in this discussion right now. But the reason why this is so important is because when we look at our original mandate as human beings, we can't truly fully be human beings without work, without expressing and creating and uh, and reflecting those those qualities that God has put inside of us. Because God's called us to be creators. He's called us to use the intelligence that we have to produce things and to be fruitful. It brings us... Human dignity, when we work and we do it well and we do what God's called us to do, it gives us a good personal pride and human dignity and a purpose. So work is not just for survival. It's also for the emotional and physical well-being of human beings. And because God has called us to work, work is worship. And so how do we work? Do we work just to get by? Do we work just to get a paycheck? No, not as Christians. We do not do that. We don't think that way. We're not punching the clock. Do you see the Bible says, whatever you do, that includes your career, includes your job. Whatever you do, you do it with all your heart because you're not doing it for a paycheck and you're not doing it for your boss and you're not doing it for the principal. You're not doing it for your teacher. Of course, you need money. You need things to survive with, but that's not the ultimate purpose. You are doing this because you're serving God's purpose by representing his image on the earth. It's worship. Work is worship. Excellence is the expression of that worship. So I don't know what your view of work is, but I I, I would challenge you to see work as a blessing. Now, The biblical perspective of work is that this is the main activity of humanity to reflect our purpose and image of God. Uh, The Greek and the Roman times, uh, work was kind of looked down as a demeaning activity for slaves. Uh, and a higher, I guess a higher, you know, status would be to not have to work, to have leisure and pleasure. And I see a lot of that in our culture today, uh, where the, the higher purpose of life seems to be pleasure and leisure. And we put, uh, how we feel and, uh, wanting to, to have time off and wanting to, uh, not do anything as that's like our dream. But that is actually not going to fulfill us or satisfy us. What really will fulfill and satisfy us is finding the work and the garden that God has for us and throwing ourselves into that for the glory of God. It will produce fruitfulness in our world and it will give us a a, just a satisfaction of purpose and dignity because we are doing what God's called us to do. So work is not a curse it is, um, it is a blessing. And I believe that Christians should be the best people in the workplace. We should be the hardest working people. We should be the best working people. We should have the most integrity and the highest character. And people should love to hire Christians because they know that they're not just going to work and meet the minimum standards, but they're going to be giving it their all, right? Their best. We should be a witness in how we work. We should be a witness in the classroom on how hard we work to be the best student we can be in every area of our lives. And of course, that flows over into our church life together and how we want to serve one another, how we want to love one another, how we want to do the very best we can in whatever God's called us to do in our spiritual family as well. Our identity is in Christ and Christ has given us a work to do. And this work reflects God's purpose, purposes on the earth and it gives us dignity and purpose for our lives. And this is what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's handiwork or we are God's masterpiece. We are his creation, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God has a garden for you. And if you're not in the right garden, find the garden that God has for you. If you are employed you have a job or you're doing something and your only motivation is to get money, I would challenge you to reevaluate your life and find what God's passion is in you and make a change because work is not meant just for you to get money. It is meant to be the expression of the passions and the, and the skills and the abilities and all of that that God has put in you to come out for the benefit of all of us and, his, and for his purposes on the earth. So I don't know about you, but um, a lot of people, they just work for money. And, uh, and they're losing out on the real purpose of work, which is it's a, holy, it's a holy responsibility that we have. How many of you have had a teacher or a coach that you know where they were meant to be that in that profession and they inspired you? Or how many of you in your moment of need had a nurse or a doctor that was like an angel to you? I remember when I was in college, I had a bus driver. We used to go on this uh, spring, pra- spring break trip as a track team. And we would go from Michigan all the way down to uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. And I remember our bus drivers, one of the first people that I remember uh, when I was younger, that was ju- just loved what they were doing. And it wasn't work to him. And he was just, he, he was driving a, sub, driving a bus. But he had such a great attitude. He loved God. And he was giving it everything he had. He enjoyed talking with us. You know, he'd tell stories at the bus stops, you know, on, on our breaks. When we were down in, in Gulf Shores or we hanging out with him on the beach, you know, got to know him a little bit. He was just such an awesome, great guy. And he was just, he was where he was supposed to be at that time. And he was giving it everything he had. He did a great job driving the bus. But beyond that, he was just being present. And, you know, just, he was really, really awesome to get to know and talk with. And I think that's where I think excellence is all about. Excellence abounds when a person um, with, works with all their heart in the area of gifting. Or I'll put, put it this way, in the garden that God has called them to be in. And so that's how I'm going to end this message today: is asking you about where is the garden that God has placed you in. Ecclesiastes says this in, in chapter 9, verse 10: Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Wherever you are, whatever God has called you to, and there's several facets to all of our lives. I'm a pastor, I'm also a husband, I'm a dad. You know, I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm a coach of cross-country. I'm a coach of track and field. I live in a neighborhood. I have a circle of friends. In all of these different aspects, this is my garden. This is where God has called me to. I have a passion for these things that I'm involved with. And so my question to you and my question to myself is, is there excellence in my garden? Am I worshiping God by doing whatever I'm doing, with all of my heart, am I pursuing a life of honor to God? You know, to be a blessing to Him, but also be a blessing to people. It's interesting in First Peter chapter two, verse twelve. It says, "Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us." Scripture paints this picture that living a life of honor to God, it's, it's not just to honor God. Excellence isn't just to honor God, but it does inspire the people around us and can draw their attention to God himself. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 5, 16, your light must shine before people in such a way. There is a way to shine a light. Jesus says your light must shine in such a way that what, Lord, what? That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who's in heaven. God has good deeds for you. Jesus created us with good works to do, right? God is in us. His Spirit is in us. And we are not just trying to survive in life. We are trying to thrive. And we have a good work to do. In individually, we have all these areas. And as a spiritual family, we have some good work to do. Lives to change people to impact, a God to worship and glorify. And so as a church, this is one of our core values, excellence, whatever we do as a church, as a family, we want to give it all we got. Doesn't mean we're always going to be right. We're not always going to be perfect. We're going to have some mistakes. Some things will go wrong, but we're giving it all we got, right? And we want to continue to grow because excellence honors God and it inspires people to know him as well. But overall, Excellence is a sign that we are worshiping God by obeying him to give it all we got. And so as I close this message, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, of this saying, but Liberty University, Jerry Falwell Sr. has this saying. He says, if it's Christian, it should be better. I like that. It's really simple. But the reason he says that if it's Christian, it should be better is because we are Christians in all that we do is to honor and worship God. Uh, so I think that's a good reminder. And also, I had a quick uh, quiz for you. Uh, do you know, over the last five years, what fast food chain has been ranked number one by customers? I'll give you a second to think about it. I think a lot of you will know this. It's Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Why? Because they embody excellence. Their customer service is is at, absolutely at the top if you've ever been there. I love Chick-fil-A, especially now that they're coming a little closer to Michigan. There's a few here in Michigan now. But Chick-fil-A is a Christian company. I just love that. And they're dedicated to be the best they can be, but it's honoring God, and it's also causing them to be blessed as well in their franchises. So Jesus said this in, in John 15:8. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and... So prove to be my disciples. Remember when we go back to the garden in the original beginning of mankind's history on the earth, God put us in the garden. He said, be fruitful and multiply. He said, I've got a work for you to do. And I want you to take care of the resources I'm putting in your hands. Make something of it. Reflect my image on this earth. Uh, Multiply, be fruitful, do good. And and God has given us a good work to do. So I want you to think about these three questions today and throughout this week. Think about your life. Think about the things that you're involved with, the things that you are, the people that you're around, the things that you do, and ask yourself these questions. Think about this and let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you and sharpen you to a life of excellence as you worship God. First of all, what is the garden God has placed you in to work and to take care of? What is it? Who are the people? What are the things that you're doing? And are they of God? Or have you just kind of fallen into those things? Find the garden God has called you to. Okay? What is it? What is it? Second question. Are you serving and developing that garden? Are you contributing? Are you making it better? Is it becoming fruitful? Are you multiplying? Right? Because it's easy to be negligent. It's easy to be lazy. It's easy to take things for granted. But God has placed you there to multiply and be fruitful, to make a difference. To make a difference. You were made to make a difference. That's that's so encouraging to me. And thirdly, are you protecting and watching over it? Or are you abusing it or neglecting it? Right? So. God has a great work for us to do. And as a church, I'm so excited about the future. I see so, many, so much potential in this church to reach so many people in the coming years. As long as Jesus tarries, we have a great and exciting journey to be on together. There are so many people that God wants us to touch. And as we get encouraged, and as we just go over these core values, I want us all to get on the same page. Excellence is not about impressing people. It's about worshiping God. And so I want you to be a great worshiper of God. And this, uh, before we close this message, if you're here today watching this video and you just want to get right with God, you've been feeling distant from Him, or you're just hungry for God, you're struggling in life, maybe you're struggling in, in some of the things that we've been going through this past year, I just want to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer with me to give your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He loves you. He's for you. He's never given up on you, and he died to save you, to give you a new beginning, to forgive you of your sins, to reunite you in fellowship with God, that you might be born again and know life abundant. If that's in your heart, I want to lead you in this prayer. Would you pray this with me? Say, Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you're for me, that you came to save me. You laid your life down to pay for my sins. And today, I accept you, I receive you, I surrender to you as Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit. Show me the way. I pray all of this in your name. Thank you for loving me. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, before you go, I just want to encourage you, whatever you Find yourself doing whatever your hand finds to do. Do it with all you got. Let's glorify God this week. Let's have a life of excellence, which honors God, worships God, right, and inspires people. May your life have a tremendous impact on people around you today and this week in Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In his name. Amen. Love you guys. Hope to see you soon.